Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, Dan Colbert, Anthony Weidel, as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond, a roster that in the regular seasons now one and one after the 17-14 loss uh, to the New England Patriots. And obviously we go Thursday night football against the Cleveland Browns. The exciting thing for me is that it's um, um, on annual leave or PTO, as you, a lot of you call it in America, on my Friday. That's when the game's happening. So I'm going to get to watch it live, going to get to enjoy it as if I was enjoying it in the evening. If I live over in America, so that's pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to watching it with my fiance. It's going to be awesome. Cannot wait. Um, but look, what I kind of can wait for, I guess, or I'm hoping for or can't wait for in a way is the Steelers to play better offense. Um, and so, you know, as we've taught, as the title of the show su- suggests, if it's not Brown, should we flush it down? And I mean, this is the question in a lot of people's minds. Um, is it Matt Canada? Is it Mitch Trubisky? Is it both? Uh, look, I am in the both camp. I got to say, um, you know, I don't think Canada's getting things open as much as he should be. I don't think it's completely on him because if you watch the all 22, Mitch just, you know, just does, does always pass it to his predetermined read. Um, very much looks like last year, except Ben actually can throw people open. Uh, Trubisky can't do that. And that's plainly obvious right now on tape. So if he can, it's time for him to start showing it. But some of these guys are in the middle of the field and that's where it could be Matt Canada. I'm also like, you're not scheming open Pickens, even when he's open himself. And he laughed off that in the press conference, which was horrific. I, you know, look after media in my professional life that was awful media relations coming um back there or awful talking points coming back from him and ha- me handling the media just it just did not translate well um you know Najee Harris Pat Freemuth there's been a lot of talk about this week they've got explosive players and they're not being used and that's not good enough you know we're going to talk to Connor Haywood as we do our rookie report on the Steelers side what's he doing right now what are they getting how are they getting him involved in the mix um so it's just a, it's just not a yeah, it's it's a painful offense to watch, and it's more painful because they don't win. Um, whether it needs to be flushed down, though, it's like, do we capitulate? Do we go and fire a Matt Canada midseason? Do we look like uh, a franchise that doesn't know what they're doing? You know, do we act like the Browns? I mean, these are all questions that, just, that we're going to have answered in time. Um I so I thought I'd start off talking about a little bit about the offense. We'll then do our usual rookie report. A lot more rookies on the Cleveland side, so there's some new names. Obviously, Kate York's had a bit of um, their kickers had a bit of notoriety already in the season so far. Um, so you know we'll get all we'll get to them in all, all part two. Um, but I want to talk primarily around the offense and maybe just through the Steelers rookies in part one. And look, the best place to start, I want to talk about that offense and where they're sitting. So the Steelers. Have complete like are in the bottom half of the league for passes completed with seventy one, um, sorry attempts seventy one. Attempts are completed forty two. That's like bottom half of the league. Completion percentage, they're in the bottom ten. Uh, there with fifty nine point two percent yards per attempt. They're last in the league behind the Cardinals. I mean the Cardinals have big plays too with five point one. They're behind the Texans. David Mills. They're behind the Cowboys with Cooper Rush even in there at 5.9, behind the Bengals, behind the Jets, behind the Browns, behind the Vikings, you know, and I could just name every other team in the league. Awful. Like, that's rushing yard average. 
Pass yards, total pass yards, 362. 362, third worst in the league. 49ers, 348. Remember, they had Trey Lance, who's more rushing, and then he got injured. And then they got Garoppolo. The Bears, 191. Touchdowns, bottom, like, bottom, bottom, swell dwellers of the league there with two. There are now there are a lot of teams on two. They're teams with one in the Colts, Cowboys, Eagles, and 49ers. But passing touchdowns, two from this Canada offense. Andrew Bitsky with Freemuth, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Claypool, and Najee Harris. And let's call Connor Haywood. He will go, he hasn't done anything yet, but he, he could be a weapon in this league. One interception, 50%. Quarterback rating right now, 76.1. Bottom seven. First downs from passing, 19. Bottom 10. No pass. Uh, one pass. There's no, sorry, no pass over 40 yards. Five passes over 20, which is like fairly decent in the league, but the commanders have 10. The Raiders, nine. Broncos, nine. Dolphins, eight. Chargers, eight. Chiefs, eight. Um, Lions, eight. Saints, eight. Packers, eight. Right. It, sacks. How many sacks is the Steelers given up as well? You know, it, it, this look, the Steelers have only given up four there, which is about halfway in the league, but it's not great um, from that perspective. I mean, you guys know this from what you're seeing. But then even on, like, the offense as well and skimming open, people talk about Najee picking the lanes. People have got to be able to block for him. They've had in the bottom half of the league for attempts with 44 because they don't hold the ball. Because you know Trubisky does throws three and outs, where they've got 166 yards, which is I think bottom seven, yeah, bottom seven of the league. Yards per carry, 3.8. Now that, that I can't believe they're at 3.8. It actually so actually surprised me that they were there, that they weren't bottom five or six. Um, no rushing touchdowns, no 20 plus yarder, no 40 plus yarder. Long of 18, long of 18. Um, there's a few teams on 18, but still bottom 10 to 12 in the league. Um, first downs achieved from rushing, nine. Um, no fumbles, thank God, yet. But, you know, but th- that that's only, you know, that it very easily could happen. I mean, not from Najee, but anyone could do that. Hopefully not Najee, now I've said it. Um, receptions, uh, they're sitting there at 42, which is bottom half of the league. I mean, we talked about the yards there. Touchdowns, we talked about a, a low number there. So I don't even really go through the receiving. It's just, it's, there's nothing, it's not even vanilla. It's like cardboard. Um, it, it, it's really hard to like, to be able to even talk about it, really. If you look at the passing chart, Trubisky had two, three attempts, sorry, over, uh, um, over 20 yards. Between 20 yards and 10, he had, um, he had nine attempts of which he landed five, four were on the left side of the field. Um, one was on the right side of the field. In terms of the line of scrimmage to the 10-yard line, he had 15 attempts where he had, he, he had you know, 10, 10 um, throws completed of 15 attempts, so 66% there for a total of 74 of his 168 yards. And then he completed everything behind the line of scrimmage, which he really should. Um, unless you're really reading that horribly and you've got a tech ton of pressure and then you should be throwing it away anyway. Um, but, you know, from, from that perspective, that was six attempts, six out of six, which went for 20 yards. It's it's just, 
Like Mac Jones had 21 for 35 for 252. Trubisky had 21 for 33 for 168. You might have heard these numbers, but it's just mind-boggling that, that that's what it was. It, I, I'm i sitting here days later just going, how is this possible? Watching all 22 with this was one of the most frustrating things I think I've ever done, uh, apart from being on hold nine hours from the um, company that delivers um, NFL gear in Australia, and that's a whole other story. But Jacoby Brissett for the Browns, who we're going to have against this week, 22 from 27, 229 yards, one TD, one interception. So similar things. He threw none over 30 as well. So it's funny, Joe Flacco is pretty much the same. You are seeing that in the league with some of the trending with the defense. But unlike unlike Trubitsky, uh Jacoby Brissett had 110 of his 229 yards between 10 and the 20-yard line of scrimmage. Um, he had a lot from behind the line of scrimmage as well, and that thing you think you throw open to Chubb and stuff like that. But you just think about it from this perspective, and things have got to get better. Like it, it, it yeah, I, it's. And then I think about Kenny Pickett, and I think about where the Steelers can actually, you know, make a difference. And and this is the thing. I know that once they put Pickett in, he's in. I know that you know it could still be Canada. That I mean, after this short week, and I said it all off season, you're not going to put anyone else in. But after this short week, good luck. Good luck if you're Mitch Trubisky. You need three touchdowns, one interception, two touchdowns, no interception. Like, it, I mean, six for 10 for Deontay Johnson for 50, 70 yards. Awful. Framers averaging three yards. Um, you know, in the in his receiver separation because of the way the way their scheme's going. Deontay Johnson two point seven four, George Putin's two point zero eight, Claypool two point one nine. Um it, it's really it's just I don't yeah, I can't even talk about it. I want to do I'm meant to do a podcast. It's you know, I love talking to you guys, the listeners through this medium. You know, and, and Jeff Hartman likes to say it, we're all fans at BTSC, all those people that will contribute on the website, bundstrickcurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, all this BTSC radio network. We're also fans, um, and yes, this is a venting mechanism. Yes, this is therapeutic. It's not therapeutic, though, to watch this defense back on the All-22. That's all I can say. It's... Uh, it's very painful. And you know what's like painful about it too? Is you watch the Bills play. And look, yeah, they're looking like Super Bowl favorites, all the rest of it. It's smooth. You look at Philadelphia play. It's smooth. I mean, yeah, I don't want to be us Kirk Cousins just throwing the ball to da- you know, Darius Slay all the time. But even like, we all joked about, oh, don't bring in uh, James Winston. I, I, I was open to it, right, last, last season. Um, oh, don't bring in James Winston to back up Ben and, you know, be a potentially a future there. Well, at least they're scoring points. Like, at least it's better to watch than this. Like, Jameis Winston in this team with a, I mean, yeah, and this is where maybe you do need to scrap Canada. Um, but with that defense and with those playmakers, oh, yeah, sign me up. Like, I, I it's so infuriating. But we have Kenny Pickett. We have, and, and the, you know, we have a first-round draft pick. We have a guy that can play. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. As long as we uh, play diplomat, you know, we don't play diplomatic with Canada and we start to force some sanctions um, or throw our weight around, um, you know, to use that analogy there. All right, there's my rant done. 
Uh, you can tweet at me if, depending on what your thoughts are, but all about all about that at at Matt Pev M A T T P E V. Um, all right, going on to the Steelers Steelers rookie class. Um, this week we had four rushes um, for Jalen Warren for 15 yards, 3.75 average. He had one target, one reception uh, for no yards back there. He played 29% of the offensive snaps, so that's down 8% um, on week one against the Cincinnati Bengals. He played eight special team snaps for 36% of those. Uh, so, you know, not necessarily crazy from number 30 for the Steelers there. I can imagine if the Steelers get up on a lead and they want to run the ball and they want to soak up time. I expect Jalen Warren to probably get five to eight rushing attempts this week. I mean, you should just see how Najee, Najee Harris is going as well. George Pickens. 23 yards, three targets, one reception. And he still reckons he was open 90% of the time. Catch percentage of, you know, 33%. Yards per target, 7.67. Um, offensive snaps, 85% of them. He, when he played 50 snaps, he doesn't play on special teams. I, I it's, it's one first down, obviously you caught with, by, by going for that many yards. Um, where do I begin? I, I, I think for me, it, you've got to find a way to get this guy the ball. It's just, again, he's a guy that made like Mason Rudolph made plays with him. Bring Mason Rudolph in at this point. Like, you know, if you're not gonna, if you're worried about the short turnaround, you've heard people throw that one out. I don't know about that, but if you're worried about Pickett's not ready in the next week, if they lose this game, do it, pull that trigger, like get Pickens involved. Um, he must be going nuts out there. Absolutely, must be going beside himself. Absolutely berserk. He's ready to go berserk. Ready for a big game. I think, gosh, can you imagine him against Greedy Williams this week? I think it'll be like you know, ah, excited. Um, this is the sort of game that a guy like Pickens thrives in. He's a game turner. This is where a big stiff arm from him or shoving someone on the ground or basically bringing the Steelers into the mix. Um, I would have loved to have seen Pickens and Vince Vinovici Williams on the same team or even James Harrison, like just the, the, the sort of style, the physicality they bring. Um, but yet they've got to find a way to keep getting the ball to George Pickens and it's got to be more than that. Um, don't force stories to him. But get him involved and leverage him being open. He's a six foot three, two hundred pound guy. Like make it work, um, and super fast as well. Four four seven. To Marvin Leal, he played twenty four percent of the defensive snaps. I'd love to see more of him. I think you will with how heavy the run defense will be this week. They'll need to get him in in a lot. He had one pass defense, um, so that was kind of cool uh, to see from him. No special team snaps uh, from number ninety eight for the Steelers. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, he had another tackle, um, one solo, one assist for two. So doing that contribution there. But yeah, I think when it comes to DeMarvin Leal, you know, I just, I'd love to see more of him. I'm a big fan of him. People know that if you let your regular listener to my show, um, he's a guy that I think is going to continue to do well for the Steelers. Great pickup in round three of the draft. Uh, a lot of other teams would have loved to have had him. And it's quite funny because we'll talk about Perry and Winfrey, um, who went in the fourth round to the Browns and he was, he won that senior bowl, um, you know, MVP kind of thing. Um, we'll talk about him in part two for the, for the Browns, but, uh, to Marvin Leal, you know, can definitely contribute. They're easing him in, they're getting him learning. Um, but I think particularly as we continue to see TJ Watt out of this side, how do they leverage him to create some versatility there as well? Um, will be pretty interesting. Then you go Connor Hayward. I mean, he played 7% of the offensive snaps for four snaps. 
no stats on the on the board. Seventy three percent of the special team snaps, so he's contributing there, and that's a good sign. That's where you want to see people contributing. Again, you sit there, you're like, why don't you let him hold a fullback spot? Or I mean, it's not nothing. You don't have to have a fullback player. Like, let him be there as his H back. Derek Watt off. You know, I know he's in special teams. Blah 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 blah. But at least Canada find a way to get this guy into it as the third tight end. Um, he can do stuff. He can make plays. You meant to you have leverage an H back in your Matt Canada offense that we heard so much about, and we don't see that from Connor Hayward. So because he's not involved, um, they're not bringing him on four snaps. Not enough. I want to see twenty percent of the snaps this week. Get him involved. Get him moving. Um, getting him in there, even blocking for Najee if if we can get that done. I just do. Just find a way to be creative and work this guy into the, into it. No, no, I'm saying I'm working every guy into it. But they've got these weapons. Like, put the other team under pressure. There's just no. It's a word like oomph that you feel about this offense. Um, but hey, without that's going to wrap up part one of this week's Steelers War Me. Join me for part two. We'll preview all the Browns rookies that are playing in this game um, and give you an insight into where they could make an impact um, against the Steelers or how do the Steelers need to address these guys going into week three. Important divisional matchup, Thursday night football. We're back on Steel's War Room. I'm your host this weekly show. Matty Peverell, the host of the show, likes to put in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, Anthony Weidel, Dan Colbert, and the rest of Steel's front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond, a roster that's one-on-one on the season so far. So the first Browns player in a preview is Cade York, the kicker um, that got them the win in round one or week one against the Carolina Panthers, um, you know, has, you know, didn't miss an extra point in that game or a field goal. He did miss an extra point last week. He did make his field goal. Uh, he only obviously his kicks are only plays special team snaps. There's no point really talking about that. He's made five from five field goals on the season, one from 50. The rest are either 20 to 29 yards, 30 to 39 yards, um, from that perspective, touchback from kickoffs is 61.5%. His kickoff average yardage is 63.6 um, as well there. So, and he's done 13 kickoffs on the season. So, I mean, that's easy to really wrap that up with Kate York, but you did see that winning kick. The guy can kick, um, you know, into the, the, the win. Not that that affects him too much at this stage, because obviously they're playing in Cleveland this week. Um, but he could be someone that, in a very tight game with a tough t- Steelers defense, even if they're not fully stopping the run, but they're doing causing three and outs and bending, not breaking. He could have a big role in this game. I can imagine him getting, th- you know, three field goals in this game alone, um, particularly after the four that he had in week one, where they grinded out that win against Carolina. And then we go to Alex Wright, the defensive end out of... Alabama Birmingham, third round, 78th overall there. He's played in both games, special teams and defensive snaps on the season so far. So he played 32% of the defensive snaps against Carolina, 16% of the special team snaps in that game. 
Played 43% of snap defensive snaps last week against the Jets uh, for four, 30 snaps and 7% of the special team snaps because he only played two snaps. Um, he's only had two tackles um, on the season so far, uh, which was two solo tackles in week one. He had one pass defense in week one, one pass defense in week two. So he's getting his hands up, causing and disrupting the quarterback from that perspective. Um, there, I don't, he hasn't missed a tackle yet. Uh, pass rush, we don't, I don't have a, yeah, he did no pressures either. So no pressures, no knockdowns, no hurries, um, no, no blitzes um, for him so far. And he's number 94 if you're watching out for Alex Wright this week in their defensive line rotation. Perry and Winfrey has only played one game against the Carolina Panthers where he played five defensive snaps for 9%. Um, he didn't suit up last week due to a team-related issue, um, which was I thought was a little bit interesting. I don't know what's necessarily going on there. Um, they don't have an advanced stat for him yet. Um, actually, I'm going to try to pull it up differently in terms of... I just want to see what he's, whether he had any pressures. No, I don't have any pressures for him. Um, from week one, um, but when you're playing 10% of defensive snaps, I mean, that is, that is what it is. But he's obviously out of um, Iowa West and then Oklahoma um, as well. Fourth round, um, 6'4", 292 pounds. Uh, so, you know, you're probably, if he suits up this week, um, you know, I'd expect the defensive line to really have a big game. But it's just about what that rotation looks like. And he's number 97. Then you have Isaiah Thomas, another defensive end, 6'5", 266 pounds out of Oklahoma as well. He was drafted in the seventh round, 223rd overall. He played nine snaps in week one for 13%, and then 3% of the special team snaps. He only played one snap uh, from that perspective. They don't have any stats for him here, so that's kind of interesting because you're not like actually seeing him make a tackle or a pass defense or anything like that. So maybe he plays a bit more. It's hard to know um, when you think about Perry and Winfrey as well. Then we have Jerome Ford, running back, 5'11", 220 pounds. Um, someone that you know I thought was decent in the fifth or sixth round if he was sitting there. He was drafted in by the Cleveland Browns fifth overall, or fifth, in the fifth round at 156. Overall, he's played in both games. Um, he's done kick returns. So he's played 38% of special team snaps in week one, 33% in week two, um, 29 return yards in week one off one return, 67 yards in week two off two returns. So uh, he's increased his average um, by 4.5. There are no offensive snaps yet, um, but perhaps he forms into this rotation of running backs um, it was with Giannis Hemingway, whatever his name is, and obviously Nick Chubb um, too. So, you know, uh, maybe he finds his way in there. Maybe he's on the bench. Maybe he doesn't even get a helmet. Um, we'll see what it's like. But he is there at the moment returning kickoffs for them in two games um, at a clip of 32 yards. And the Steelers really want, want to give the Browns that start um, if they can avoid that and hold them to field goal range. Then you have Martin Emerson, the six foot two cornerback. Um, drafted in the third round, 68th overall. A lot of people thought that was high, even I probably was in that camp. He wears jersey number 23. He's played in both games on the season so far, being a big contributor at cornerback, which he needed to be with that draft position uh, and some of their injury issues. Special team snaps, 28% week one, 43% week two, so contributing there. Uh, playing nine snaps in week one, 13 snaps in week two. 
Defensive snaps, he played 79% week one, 74% in week two. So playing over a third of defensive snaps, um, you know, and as a as a rookie cornerback is pretty big deal. No pass defenses in week one, one pass defense week two, four solo tackles and one assisted tackle in week one for five, four solo tackles in week two. So he's playing a pretty contributing guy on the defense there. So look for him to see what he's like this week. Um, basically he's allowed seven completions on 11 targets for six, which is 63.6% for 51 yards. That's 7.3 yards per completion, 4.6 per target, one TD. And he's on a allowed a quarterback rating of 104.7. Um, average depth of target when targeted as a defender is 5.6. He's allowed 37 air yards, 40, 14 yak yardage. And not missed a tackle, interesting, which I thought was pretty good for a cornerback through two games that's um, played almost 80% of snaps in one game and at least three quarters of snaps in the other game. No, it's not bad. Moving on to David Bell, wide receiver, six foot two, 205 pounds out of Purdue, ran a really slow 40, so dropped to the third round. I think it was like a 4 7. Uh, they might have it here. Yeah, 4 6 5 um, on Pro Football Reference. Didn't play week one. Oh, week one, sorry. He played 28% of the offensive snaps um, for 28, for 22, sorry, offensive snaps. 28% for 22 snaps. Two special team snaps for 6%. No catches, um, which was kind of interesting there. But in last week, he had one target for one reception for six yards. Obviously, 100% catch rate. 30% of the offensive snaps with 20 snaps he played. Six um, of the special team snaps for 20%. I think you'd see him more and do this game um, as well because he probably might do a little bit more when he's obviously fitting in with their run game, gives him options there because he's particularly he's a big, big, um, you know, bigger wide receiver there. Get him into that, you know, passing game mix, uh, you know, that short passing game mix. How are you throwing to runners? How is he blocking that sort of stuff? Um, I expect a bit more from him this week. He wears jersey number 18 too, if you are looking out for him. Um, but I actually hope we don't see a lot of him because I think he's could be underused. Um, I don't think he, he plays faster than, than what he ran, put it that way, um, at the combine. Then you've got DeAnthony Bell, who's a safety, six foot one, 211 pounds out of West Florida. He went undrafted as well. Um, he played 69% of the special team snaps in week one, 57% in week two. He's not played any defensive snaps. He had one tackle on special teams in week one. So he wears number 37. So look, he's like a lot of guys in the secondary um, that are, you know, depth pieces. He's looking to make a name for himself on special teams. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen by him making a name and coming up with a big play um, against the Steelers this week. Um, I guess that's my real sort of <laughs> open piece there when it comes to the Cleveland Browns rookie D'Anthony Bell. And so with that, that wraps up the 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 I guess the Cleveland Browns rookie preview um for this week. And you know, I do really like to do those. I want to go back to what we talked about in part one on the offense for the Steelers. The Steelers offense has been something that depending on, you know, and a lot of us as a Steel fan, it's very easy to say, okay, I really like, you know, I, I really like defense, right? And and that's it. Defense wins champions and all the re- championships and all the rest of it. But you also have a situation where you need to be able to score points in this league. Like look at the shootout between the Bills and the and the Chiefs last year. 
Look at the Chiefs. We couldn't have ever held that set a seven, you know, point lead. It just wasn't going to happen. And so I really still have to figure this out. And and Canada I read a good article about this where Canada's scheming guys open to align with the college system and they're trying to make them play, make plays against weak defenders. NFL defenses are too well coached. Look at when I went through the when if you think back what I said in part one about some of the passing offenses. Um, of all the all the performances of quarterbacks like Flacco and Bris- uh, Brissett, they're not throwing deep because the defenses know how to do that, right? They know all well, they they're set up to defend that. They're set up to restrict teams and put the pressure and tighten the screws and not allow people to make plays. Therefore, as an offense, you've got to find a way to make stretch out that field to create the unpredictable, to not feed into that, and to not dictate the terms, which I'm glad some of my fellow BTC podcasters have brought up as of late. Steelers don't dictate terms. They're not getting teams to play up to where they're sitting. You know, and, and it's it's a concern for me too, because while the Steelers were like up there in terms of the the um their, the receptions that their, their receivers had last year, right? So, um, you know, from the actual attempts, they, and and like that obviously has to do with, you know, certain certain completions that went to, to the receiving, you know, the receiving room. And they had, um, you know, they were top 10 for, for passing completions uh, as well, which, which was, which actually kind of surprised me when I did, um, look back at it and look back at it, but they were bottom half of the league in terms of percentage with 64. Um, and yards per attempt was six, which was second worst in the league. Um, the Giants were 5.8. The Panthers had six with them. Um, they had one of the lowest, they had a pretty low passing yards that was bottom of the bottom half of the league. Um, with 4,000, you know, it was there with the even the Ravens and the Patriots, right? Um, with Big Ben back there and you know, and touchdowns. You know, wasn't particularly great with 23. It's, you know, just in the top half of the league. Um, you know, interceptions were pretty low with 11, but you, you just 23 touched receiving touch, you know, uh, passing touchdowns and 11 interceptions is not going to get you in deep and in, deep into the playoffs. It's just not. Um, you know, it, it can't, right? Like the Buccaneers have 43, the Rams 41. Packers 39, the Chargers 38, the Chiefs 37, the Bills 36, the Bengals 36, you know, Cardinals 27, Colts 27. You know, well, I mean, Colts didn't make the playoffs, but, but you get that, you get the picture there, um, in terms of, of what we're talking about. So, you know, you're not going to be able to go far if you can't throw that. And if, if you can't throw the football far, sorry. But I feel like, you know, people talked about going back to 2018 because obviously 2019 Ben got injured. 2020 was his comeback year. You know, it's been like this. Surely this is Matt Canada's last throw of the dice. Now, I hope we go to pick it. Uh, and I, as I say, it might not be after this game. I hope they don't lose this game. So they have to go to pick it. I hope they win this game and Trubisky can battle it out to the bye. And then we can make the swap. It, you know, this is a good idea in some, in some ways that you can make a swap now because it'll be a nine day rest. I'd prefer to give him a couple of weeks rest or a couple of weeks build up, I should say, into the game. But these are the things that we're going to have to see as we get, uh, you know, as Steelers fans, and we're going to have to sit there and don't necessarily have to be patient about it, but you've kind of got to let it all unravel and, you know, just hopefully we get through what this period looks like. The offense starts to gel. I think they know they're all under pressure. Um, and now we're going to see, are they going to crack? And if they crack, then it's worth flushing it down like the Browns. 
But if they rise and the cream rises to the top, then all things will be good. But you can't have players. I'm just going to say this. You cannot have players like Najee Harris, Pat Freemuth, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. Um, I'm going to even throw Connor Haywood in there, maybe Miles Boykin, and not leverage them through creative offense. It's deplorable. It really is. I know that word's used previously in, you know, but that is it's a travesty put it that way it's an absolute travesty to not leverage those guys particularly when most of them on rookie contracts like come on guys leverage that with a rookie quarterback like a guy as well like you know you could invest in that o-line we've got the defense to do it just leverage those guys leverage those guys i'm not asking for it to be you know some ridiculous like expectation of like a madden score or what we call a cricket score in australia it's hard to say in baseball because the scores are low um, or basketball score, if you like. That's not what we're asking for. But please, if Tua Tungavailoa can throw those six touchdowns, Kenny Pickett can throw four-plus touchdowns in this league. But with that, that wraps up this week's Steelers War Room. Be patient, Steelers fans. Cheer on the black and the gold as always. Keep the faith. Go Steelers.